0: Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Tuesday. Good to be with you. Matt and
1: Patrick here today. Uh, Patrick, uh, how are you today, my friend? Doing all right. We're just kind of running into a little bit of a scramble because it's MEA week for uh, schools, which means all the football games that are usually on Friday get to be played tomorrow instead. Okay. Okay. So now we're kind of running into some schedule. Are you uh, are you a starting QB? Or did I miss something here? <laughs> oh, I announced the game, so I gotta be in the you know make sure everybody's on the same page of when they gotta be at the well, stadium. What, what game?
0: What game do you got? What game are you covering tomorrow?
1: Um, it'll be a Titanic clash of Hopkins against Edina. <laughs> uh, should be the game of the century. No offense to anyone.
0: No, no, it's, not, it's a Hopkins. Hopkins is not. My kids go to Hopkins. It's it, they basically this you know, this open enrollment won't be used for em, 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 emphasizing sports teams uh they picked that that program pretty clean of of football players by the time they're seventh graders so yeah it's 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 oh it will be a defensive struggle i can already see it from here well you enjoy yourself tomorrow night um it, it's I, I made pot roast today that it just it was kind of one of those things where it was in a, kind of a pot roast so i got it going right now So I'm I'm feeling pretty good. A little potato action, a little corn or or carrot, not corn, carrot action. Uh, You know, got a nice gravy going. Did chuck steaks. Feeling pretty good about things. So because it is, I'm kind of hoping at some point, are the leaves planning on coming down at some point? I sure hope so. I I mean it's the 17th. It is the 17th of October, and I have yet to rake up any leaves in this in this
1: at all. You know, I told you off air yesterday. There's a candy shop up near Two Harbors, mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh, the leaves are peaking here right now. You should come up and take a look." And I'm like, "That peak should have been about two and a half weeks ago.
0: Anything by the North Shore should have been by end of September, really." Mm-hmm. Uh. All right. So uh, first of all, we we okay. So uh, we, we've got uh, we've got uh, Mike Griffin's going to join us a little bit later on. He's uh, basically he had a situation where he was the victim of a racist attack. Basically, in a verbal attack in, in, in Minneapolis in his own apartment building. Tizzy Ent, the very popular online uh, poster on TikTok and on, on Twitter, he brought up the story. I'm going to have Mike on here to talk a little bit about this and how that happened in his efforts to try to identify the individual who verbally assaulted him there. Uh, also, Cooligan, it's a Tuesday, so Cooligan gets to stop on by. We'll get to the, the magic hour. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. Oh, can we get some sad trombone music? Uh yeah, is it, sad trombone music ready for Jim Jordan because that's that's going to be happening. Yesterday, okay, so let's let's get to the sexy liberal show, which is coming up here on Saturday. Uh of course, Steph and the whole crew of Fugelsang, uh, Hal Sparks, uh, you've got Frangela, they're all going to be live from Los Angeles on Saturday night. You could get yourself a pay-per-view pass. To watch it live, Uh, and and yeah, it is great. We've been giving away these uh, these uh, passes on two different ways. Now, at some point today during the show, I'll call for a certain number caller, and if you're that number caller, you'll win yourself a pay per view pass. But we've also been giving away the pay per view passes on the social media sites as well. And so what happens is at nine in the morning, we usually make a post uh, on both. It's on the It's on the AM950 Twitter feed, the AM950 Facebook feed, and the AM950 Instagram feed. And we make the same post there, and you're supposed to put a specific comment in that post. And if you do, well, you'll be picked to basically, you'll be in the entry to be possibly picked to get yourself a pay per view pass. Yesterday, the phrase was, Steph is awesome. Patrick,
1: have we got ourselves a winner from the, the, from the social media pages? We do have a winner from social media, Patty Rose on Facebook. Congratulations, Patty. We will get you a message to get your information, and uh, you'll be on your way to a nice uh, night on the couch Saturday night. As I had to catch myself because you're not actually going there. You just have to kind of have a nice night on the couch watching the uh, sexy liberal comedy show. I
0: just figured out how to pull up stuff on my TV that I used to pull up on my computer. So you can enjoy yourself. I hope you enjoy that pay-per-view pass. Now, we got to get you set for tomorrow because, once again, on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., we're making the social media post. You need to make sure you get your uh, your comment in there and have a chance to win the, uh, the pay-per-view pass to the sexy liberal tour. The phrase for tomorrow, the, the comment that you need to make on either the Twitter page, the Facebook page, or the Instagram page is live from Los Angeles, all right? Live from Los Angeles. All right, there you go. Get ready for that. That is tomorrow. And once again, if you want to try to win a pay-per-view pass with me, just keep listening for the show throughout the entire day. Rot row. Oh, do we have any sad trombone music? Anything? Anything that's uh, that's, you know... Yakety sax even will work if you want to know the truth. The yakety sax works for everything though. Uh, the Benny Hill song. Uh, so, but, do we have anything that's depressing and sad for the lonely guy?
1: Actually, give me one second here.
0: Knock yourself out. As Jim Jordan is not. He's not feeling good. He's officially lost his first vote in his speaker's bid. Uh, he only received 200 votes, which means 20 members. Uh, voted for other Republicans. 20 Republicans voted for other Republicans. Whatever happened to the Sean Hannity bump? I thought he... Did, did you hear about the letters that they were sending out? Clear intimidation. Oh, there he is. Oh, keep that handy. <laughs> There's other votes coming up today. We might even have a vote here during the show, a second vote. I have a feeling you're going to get that again. <laughs> <laughs> there's a nice little thank you thank you trombone guy I appreciate that little accentuation at the end Mwah. magnifique uh, 212 for Jeffries uh, 200 votes for Jim Jordan 20 went to other people including the one that was weird was house member Buck this is Ken Buck this is loonball extreme out in Colorado you know he lives You know one of those guys I want to leave up in a shack and drink my own urine that kind of guy he basically voted for Tom Emmer. And before you say to yourself, okay, so the extremists are drawn to Tom Emmer, no, they're 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 drawn to Jim Jordan. But Ken Buck can't stand Tom Emmer, apparently, so voted for him out of spite. Uh no, they the the Twelve vulnerable Republicans representing districts won by Biden just voted to walk on their own re- uh, walk their own reelection re- hopes off the plank by embracing the extremist MAGA vaccine uh, agenda and a voting of Jim Jordan said House Majority uh, PAC spokesman uh, J C Warnke um, using they're planning on using their votes against them in 2024 as you should as you should most of the votes I mean a, a large portion of the votes that were against Jim Jordan. We're actually from the House Appropriations Committee, from the people who basically write the bills to keep the government spending, they basically could already see this cab coming and they, they you can't just shut the government down for an extended period of time. The Republicans are under this mindset that even though they didn't win the presidency and even though they didn't win the Senate, they can shut it down and until they do everything on our agenda, we're not going to start the government back up again. Now- Mind you, most of these Republicans represent districts where if the government shuts down, there is going to be a massive impact to the quality of life for those individuals in those districts. But I want to remind people, Republicans don't give a flying F about their own constituents. They don't. They haven't for years. They haven't for years. They don't care about you. Tom Emmer, If you're up there in uh, the uh, Minnesota 6th District, he doesn't care about you. Fishbuck, she doesn't give a, uh, he didn't care about you at all out in 7. Stubby up in 8, he doesn't care about you. And uh, whatever Junior's name down in 1 is, they don't care about you. They don't care about you. They, they could go on out there and basically try to save the family farm, but they're not going to do that because they get too much in corporate ag kickbacks. So they sacrifice you and try to take away your home health care. They don't try to take away your transportation, your quality of education, shut down all the rural hospitals. They do everything in their power to make your life miserable and then basically say, keep voting for me. They don't care about you. So that, you know, they're going to shut the government down knowing it's going to hurt you dramatically because that's what Republicans do. So the House Appropriation Committee members are all voting against Jim Jordan because we can't do this. The moderates, I mean, Jim Jordan is not a middle-of-the-road guy. I mean, my God, Jim Jordan is likely, likely was involved in the January 6th insurrection. At the very least, he was very much aware what was going on. At the very least, he knew there was going to be an attempt to overthrow the government of the United States of America. There's decent evidence that points to him being involved in trying to overthrow the government of the United States of America. The... He his, Clearly, his entire role right now is to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't face any consequences for trying to overthrow the government of the United States. And there is a strong suspicion I have that he is willing to actually torpedo democracy and install a new Republican uber alles policy in the United States, which is not completely out of his realm as the Speaker of the House, although I think there would be enough Repu- enough Republicans that would, you know, you know, work against him. The reality is, is that this is a dangerous man. He is truly horrible. He is not a proud American. And then there's the whole thing that he turned a blind eye to his own athletes at Ohio State University getting violated behind closed doors and did nothing to stop it. Yeah, he kind of did. And he's a horrible, horrible human being. So there's all that. I mean, this is this is Jim Jordan. If Jim Jordan becomes the Speaker of the House, it is truly the death of the GOP. Because you have now gotten yourself into the point where your Speaker is is openly and the speaker of choice of the Republican party is someone who has openly embraced a conspiracy theory that has been debunked over and over and over again, even in cases where Republicans have been in charge of an investigation, they keep coming back and saying there's no evidence to say this was stolen. But that's where they're at because they don't care about the truth. They don't care about this country. They only care about – they will turn this country into a heap of rubble as long as they can do the Fox News cut in on top of the rubble and talking about, thank God I saved America. And the fact is – and I mentioned the Sean Hannity thing. If you've not seen it, Sean Hannity – is clearly out there trying to strong-arm Demo- uh, the Republicans into voting for Jim Jordan, uh, talking about, if you don't, why not? Don't you realize this is embarrassment? I mean, really a threat from Fox News, and he can try to separate himself all day long as much as he possible. But that, that, that uh, you know, Sean Hannity is basically a Fox News host out there trying to strong-arm Republicans into Basically, voting for Jim Jordan. Your your best bet, and I'm going to be honest with you, your best bet is Kevin McCarthy. I I I honestly think Kevin McCarthy is your best bet to get back and you know if someone there. I know uh, you know Poindexter, that's the temporary speaker, the acting speaker right now. There's a lot of people uh, that are pointing towards him possibly being the the candidate, but the reality is is I don't think anyone. I, I think it was an amazing Herculean task that McCarthy was able to get just enough votes. As it was, I think Matt Gates every hour looks stupider. I didn't even think it was possible. I mean, he, he he makes a drooling rock look like you know a Rhodes Scholar at this point. He looks just dumber every second he is out there. And the reality is that this whole thing—it's all theatrics. It's all—it's all made up. It's—it's. It's, a bunch of guys out there basically who are only there for themselves. They're only there for their new Newsmax cut-ins. They're only there for their OAN cut-ins. They're only in for a Steve Bannon visit. They're only there for a, a shout-out at, a, at a, you know, a Mike Flynn rally. That's all they're there for. And they're hollow shells of anything. And even still, they cannot get this done it is it, it, i feel sorry for the moderate republicans because they they it, it's pick your poison either you vote for jim jordan which means you're going to get the nomination again but you're going to get annihilated in the next election or side against jim jordan and get you know primaried by some right-winging drooling troglodyte who basically is screaming mega the entire time to watch them get annihilated in the general election it's one or the other but I do give some credit to the, the uh, to some of these people who basically said, no, I'm not going to go along with this guy. You're a January 6th denier. You're an election denier. You allowed your athletes to get sexually assaulted on campus. You're truly a horrible human being. And I think the one point made by the Democrats, which was, I thought, a very valid one, was the fact that he hasn't passed a bill in his entire existence there You know, that's not the guy you want to put into a leadership position. You know, it's there, there is within party leadership and Democrats, Republicans, there's always a guy that there is strong arm other people. That's Jim Jordan. You know, he does, he does his work behind the scenes, especially, you know, if, if the Republicans had a brain in their skull in that house, they would basically find someone who like McCarthy that could use Jim Jordan to keep everyone else in line. But I just I actually don't know if that's even possible anymore because you keep electing absolute horrible candidates. There's at least 20 Minnesota House and Senate members who 20 years ago would have been laughed at if they tried to run in their district and now are in districts which they're so dug in there. they're, They're like wood ticks. And they don't care. They don't care about the majority. They don't care about anything. They just care about their online trolls. They care about their, their news hits. That's all they care about. They care about the never-ending self-cycle of celebrity that they have created for themselves at the expense of their party and their constituents. And they don't care. They don't care about you. They're not trying to make your roads better. They're not trying to help education. They're not trying to out there and help health care out. They're not trying out there to, to, to make your life better in any capacity. They could care less. They only care about a handful of wealthy people that keep them, them funded. And that's it. Yep, this is the Republican Party today, an absolute disgrace and an absolute mess. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Oh, God. It was quick. That was quick. They got up to seven votes pretty quick there. I'm like, oh, that's the end of that. Well, I guess we'll just wait for the next round. I can. can I, I only wonder what Sean Hannity's offering now. Better get those knee pads ready there, buddy, Sean. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Um, we'll I'll talk about Dean Phillips because I don't think Dean Phillips is running for president. I'll talk about that in a second. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, The Man McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. By the way, I should mention here, uh, so Jordan got 200 votes. Scalise got seven, McCarthy got six, Zeldin got three. That's the New York guy. Um oh, are we back to voting again? Uh let's see here. No, this is this is yeah, no, this is this is done. They're not voting yet again. Emmer, Garcia, Cole, and Massey all got one vote. Jeffries, uh, the Democrat, got 212 to Jordan's 200. So that's that's where they're at right now. They just can't get out of their own way. Um, reading the latest headlines from the New York Times, Jordan Scalise met after Jordan lost on the first ballot. Jordan asked Scalise for help but did not receive the pledge to do so, according to people familiar there. Uh, the failed first ballot has renewed discussions among lawmakers about empowering uh, Poindexter, I mean McHenry. He's the temporary speaker. Until House Republicans elect a new leader, several uh, Appropriations Committee members who voted against Jordan have said they would support that. A block of Jordan holdouts are senior members of the Appropriations Committee, tasked with writing and passing the spending bills that fund the government. Jordan voted for spending bills just 16 percent of the time since 2011, when he joined the House. So it tells you a lot about that. that that's they don't have any faith in him. Um, Dean Phillips. Now, of course, he has gotten a lot of a lot of press because he's insisted that you know Joe Biden's too old. I can tell you right now, Joe Biden is looking very presidential lately. So I, I'm, you know, fine. Anyway, he thinks Joe Biden's too old. So he has said that we need to find young blood. And he's kind of suggested he wants to run. The MinPost story uh, Representative Dean Phillips appears to be inching towards a decision to run against President Joe Biden in next year's presidential primaries. Phillips, the 3rd District uh, DFLer last week, spoke with Ray Buckley, the chair of the New Hampshire Democratic Party, to indicate an interest in running that state's presidential primary, which is seeking to be the first such contest in the nation. I called Chairman Buckley to introduce myself as I contemplate entering the Democratic primary, Phillips said in an email statement. It was a very friendly conversation. The Democratic National Committee last year reshuffled its presidential primary calendar so that New Hampshire would no longer be the first one in the nation. Iowa also lost its status, as first Democratic caucus. But New Hampshire plans to hold an early primary anyway in defiance of the DNC. New Hampshire does have an October 27th deadline for candidates to file so they can appear on the primary ballot. So Phillips must make a decision soon if he wants to participate. So that's where he's at there with New Hampshire. But here's the problem for him. If Democratic U.S. uh, Representative Dean Phillips intends to mount a serious primary challenge against Biden, he must decide soon. He's missed now the Monday deadline to file as a candidate for the presidential preference primary election in the early voting state of Nevada. So he has missed Nevada's primary entry. The Minnesota Democrat has blown past his self-imposed September timeframe to decide whether to challenge Biden. His reluctance to make a decision has so far put him at a disadvantage as a potential contest against Biden. What that indicates is he is not serious about becoming the nominee, but if he does run, he wants to send a message to the party, said Carleton College political science professor Stephen Shire uh, of Phillips missing the Nevada Nevada deadline. Early primary election filing deadlines are approaching, including the closely watched state of New Hampshire. We just mentioned that one. Asked about Phillips potentially running a primary against Biden, New Hampshire Democrat U.S. Representative Annie Custer told the Star Tribune, I think it's the best thing that Donald Trump could ever ask for. So, and the Dean, it, it is true. So, you know, you can scream about how old he is, but you're going to get someone who's pretty much just as old. Um, in in there uh, if you you help the Republicans. There's no path, there's no outcry, Custer said. Personally, I think it's a vanity project by Mr. Phillips and I think it could do a serious damage by emboldening the Trump Republicans. Fact, Dean, in a text message to the Star Tribune, Phillips acknowledged that he did not file for Nevada's primary but declined to elaborate further. He did not comment on recent criticism about possible Democratic presidential primary run. Here's the problem with Nevada and, and, and God, God, it's October of 2023. Why the freaking hell am I talking about this? Thanks, guys. No, thank you. Jeez. Anyway. All right, here's your problem. Nevada, okay. Nevada is Vegas. Vegas is a state which is, is basically geared towards putting out that fun vibe. I mean, don't get me wrong. Elderly people do well there in Vegas but it is a very different state than it was 30 years ago when Harry Reid was starting to get in there and and, and do things. So, you know, it's, it's a very different kind of, of, of state. It, it's frankly, I think you're going to have a better option in Nevada than you are in New Hampshire. And I get it. New Hampshire is a little quirky. It, it does have some quirks, but I highly doubt you're going to make any major dent against Joe Biden in New Hampshire, whereas you might be able to make a bit of a dent against Joe Biden in Nevada. Now, here's the problem for Nevada, for Dean Phillips, but it also it's a problem for everywhere, is that the unions, and there are a lot of unions in Vegas, are 100% right now on Joe Biden's side. And so maybe that's the argument where I'm going to, just not going to try too hard in a union-heavy a, a union state, that that i'm just not going to try there because i already know that joe Biden's going to probably win that but you know you, you can't miss too many of these i mean you need to make a decision and, and frankly dean if i can just be blunt you need to make a decision by the end of the day tomorrow probably if you're going to do this do it get go fill out your paperwork get it on in there and do it once again i'm not saying you can't do it i don't think it's it's helpful but it's you are within your right as a DFLer, a democrat, if you want to run in the primary against them. Fine. You might even get close in one or two states. Maybe this entire thing is just making sure your name is out there so that in 2028 you are basically considered to be a front runner. I don't know. What I do know is it's time for this little charade to end if it is a charade. If you're dead serious, well then go file the paperwork Don't cripple yourself anymore in a case where, I mean, once again, Nevada, you've already lost. Let's make the call right now. Joe Biden's won the Democratic primary in Nevada. And seen. So you don't want too many more of those. If you really are taking this seriously, get your people out there, fill out the paperwork, sign up for these states, and go from there. If not, I don't know. I mean, are you thinking about becoming an independent? I don't know. Maybe you could run with Kennedy. I don't think it's going to help your career too much, but the reality is, is I think that if if if, the, if you're serious about this, just go file the damn paperwork and stop this, you know, willy or wony thing. It's I, It got tiresome with Sam and Diane on freaking cheers, and it's getting, definitely getting tiresome with you. So if you want to run, fine. That's your right. Go do it. If If you are only going to primary Biden in three or four states, well, that's stupid just save your time and save your money but if you're going to if you're going to do it just go do it if you're not just then you know you, you know you can you yeah I don't know what you're going to do if you want to know the truth. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Mike Griffin is going to join us when we do return. Talk to him a little bit about this incident that happened in Minneapolis that got a lot of uh, publicity due to Tizient on social media. We'll talk to him about what exactly did happen and his goals to try to identify the person that racially harassed him. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil show, 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Uh, if you've not ever heard of Tizzy End, Tizzy End's actually pretty awesome. He, he's a guy, he's got a TikTok page, he's got a, a Twitter page and other social media sites as well. He basically kind of is uh, you know, a, for lack of a better way to say it, like a justice warrior. He'll find these videos of people attacking other people, violently uh, hitting other people, uh, threatening other people, using racial comments, racial, you know, or, or bigoted comments against people. And he posts it with this idea of, okay, well, we, the, you know, these people, if they've done this, they, they've they lost their right to anonymity. And that's, I think, one of the things that people feel is they can do is that they can go on out there and they can say and do these things if they feel if they're not going to get caught. And in the last few months, I mean, he has done a very good job of, of helping to track down people. I mean, one guy That was uh, violently threatening a woman's house, and she had him on doorbell camera. And the thing which, one of the things which is interesting about these stories is there's a lot of times where the police just seem to be indifferent. And this is not just Minneapolis, St. Paul, this is nationwide across the country. In Canada, he, he does these things. He helped track down this guy that was the Tesla guy that was attacking people's cars out in Los Angeles he he's done a lot of good and he's stood up for a lot of people who who who, who seem to have been getting attacked wrongly or unjustifiably or without cause in any capacity because just this, the world still has a lot of jackasses in it for lack of a better way to say it it was why I I, I was interested. I, I followed Tizian, and if you have not seen him, he's on Twitter and, and TikTok and all those. You should go follow him. He's actually very. He, he he has a lot of interesting posts, including one that he made. Uh, I think it was two or three days ago uh, about a guy named Mike Griffin, who is kind enough to join us right now and uh, talk a little bit about exactly what happened here and his efforts to find out exactly who this individual was. Mike, first of all, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time today. Thank you, Matt, for having me on. It's my absolute pl- uh, pleasure. Uh, let's uh, first of all set up. The, there's a video that Tizzy and uh, played. Uh, that it was obviously started uh, it, as this conflict was going on. But let's actually backtrack a little bit. When, what day did this happen? And, and set up the, the 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 time before the video was taken. What exactly had happened?
2: This was about uh, not this past Friday, but two Fridays ago. Okay. Uh, I was coming back from. I went to Target and did some. Errands and came back, uh, and there was a group of people celebrating a birthday outside. Uh, they were having champagne. They were there when I left, and they were there when I came back. So, okay. our den of drinking. Um, and a gentleman just uh, said, I didn't live there. And I needed to leave. I need to get out. Um, so, you're coming and- back.
0: You come back to your own apartment, and, and it's fine. Great. Someone's having a party. Great. Good for them. You go out, do a target run. You come back, and immediately someone from this party starts confronting you.
2: Yes. Well, they were in the hallway. They had cakes. They had champagne. I talked to him before I left. When I came back, I was like, "Oh, you guys are still here." He's like, "Yeah, no, you should get out. Your cake's outside." And I was like, "What?" So then, two or three minutes of going back and forth, I just left him alone. They were drinking. They clearly were drunk. I was walking down the hallway, and he screamed out the N bomb to me. The N word. The N word. Yeah. Okay. And that's when I took out my camera and started recording him in the hallway.
0: Was, did you take his initial confrontation as racial, or was it just a drunk guy trying to do a stupid joke? Well, how, did, how did you take the initial confrontation with the guy? before? I, I
2: took the initial conver- conversation as being very racial. Okay. Um, I think I'm a young black man moving into a high-rise luxury apartment in downtown Minneapolis, and I, they might not see a lot of people like me. And he clearly thought that I did not live in the apartment that I've been paying rent for for the past five or six weeks.
0: He, so he, it, it, it turns, it, it's not an implication of racial, it becomes very racial. That was the beginning of multiple comments that he made to you, uh, clearly attacking you because of your race, correct?
2: Correct. I have him on camera, on camera, calling me a monkey. This is in a hallway full of people. He knew he was being recorded and he still had the audacity to call me a monkey on camera after calling me the N word off camera. And so if he has the audacity to do that to me, a Black Lives Matter advocate in the city, uh, on camera in front of people, can you just imagine what he does privately? Yeah. Like does he, where does he work? Does he manage other black people? It just, it, it gives, I, it's my mission in life to make sure that these people do not harm other black people in this city. We have gone through a lot.
0: And it should mention... in oh, the past it,
2: couple years. And it should no. be mentioned
0: that your video you're describing is indeed on the Tizient. This is what he posted. And indeed, there's no question here of the motivation. He, he clearly is a full-fledged racist attack on you. He then... He does kind of try to imply that you... Attacked him. I mean, I it's it, the mind of a drunk, you know racist drunk. I don't know how he is But there did seem to be some attempt to try to throw this back at you, correct?
2: Yeah, I mean he thought that after I had had him on camera call me a monkey and then said that he dropped the n-bomb I had um saw that he had uh He was saying basically that I called him the an f-word and I was like no, I didn't say that that clearly was wrong and he then goes and says uh, you keep calling me the F word. I didn't call you F word. By the way, I'm gay. I'm gay myself, and that's not a word that I use. It's not even in my vocabulary to use. And then he looked at me and goes, oh, please, you're not gay. And my partner's sitting right next to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> my gay partner's sitting right next to me right now. So he, he just clearly was just throwing anything out there just to make sure he was trying to deflect against me, against what he said onto me.
0: And and you want to know the truth? This is, that's even a further attack on you because I mean, it's 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 not only is it the false allegation, but he clearly he doesn't know anything about you, and so without knowing that you're you know a, a gay black man in Minneapolis, without knowing you know you, you, without knowing anything about you, he basically feels as if he can try to take control of this after he has made these mistakes, and he ends up making it. You know, 10 times worse, And frankly. I mean, he just, he just keeps going down. How many other different, you know, bigotry and racist things can he say?
2: Yeah, I mean, he just thought that he would be able to get away with it by trying to get me in trouble. He clearly was trying to get me evicted, saying, I'm out yeah. of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of my house. He's out of here, buddy. And I was like, no, I didn't say that word to you. And, oh, by the way, I'm gay. And all the other, and I want the listeners to know, all the other white people who were in the hallway, they agreed with him that I needed to leave, that I should be the one calming down. They heard him say the N-bomb, they heard him call me a monkey, and they said, well, he's drunk. You just let him be drunk and you just go back to your apartment. And I just took even a sense to that, that the people who were even around him weren't sticking up for me in that moment. Well, And, and that's, you can see it in the
0: video. And that's th- another thing, which is just crazy, is this expectation that you know, even though he's being the belligerent, racist, bigoted drunk, that you need to still be the better person and walk away as opposed to get your friend under control now. That is, that's is—that's even another slap in the face against you.
2: And this is downtown Minneapolis, yeah. and where this is a progressive blue state, progressive blue city, and we would think that this wouldn't happen. That's what the narrative is. And what I've been trying to say about the city is that, no, these people do exist. Oh, yeah. And they need to be exposed they live everywhere they need to be exposed and i don't know where he works i don't know if he manages other black people but i'm still living in this apartment building with him and i would like to know who he is and i would like your viewers your listeners and people that watch it online to help me figure out who it is
0: once again i just want to make sure we go out there he comes home to his own place is attacked racially for coming into his own place then the guy basically tries to get him in trouble after his attack on him by accusing him of saying something he didn't say. With the you know, the twist that the fact that he was accusing you of being uh, bigoted against the LGBTQ population without knowing that you are yourself are gay, and then expect the 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 compound on it that you somehow needed to be the 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 bigger person and walk away as opposed to the people there getting this guy under control uh yeah this is i i want to help you try to identify this person now we're not going to mention uh the the apartment complex i mean it, it sounds like that that's something you want to be careful with correct
2: yes i want to be careful i just moved in here um i am friendly with management and i don't want to ruffle their feathers but i i mean it's a luxury apartment in downtown minneapolis i mean there's not that many of them high-rise um he i think he might be clear himself i'm not sure um, but I, um, I I would like to figure out who who he is um, as soon as
0: possible. I'm going to repost. Uh, if you if, first of all just go to Tizient on Twitter on TikTok. Uh, you just scroll down. It's a few down on there. You can see the the video of it, and they've got a screenshot of this guy. It's pretty clear. You know, it's not a mystery picture. You should be able to help identify him. Um, I'm going to say this because so far it, it doesn't sound like anyone else has said it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, this is uncalled for a thousand different ways from Sunday. It is just disgusting. As a person that loves this city, it is embarrassing, as you said, that this stuff still exists, that you think to yourself that we are somehow in an enlightened age and we realize, no, there's still this ugliness that runs around. And at any point, even in places you would never expect it to be coming out, it does have an ex- a tendency of exposing itself.
2: And thank you, Thank you so much for saying sorry. The outpouring of support I've had from other white progressives in the city has been pretty overwhelming um, over the past couple days. Like, I don't know, 600,000 people have seen it on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, The mayor gave me a call and also like gave his apologies as well. The building management apologized. So I feel the overwhelming support, but I really do want to find this guy and hold
0: him accountable. Well, and that's, you know, and people, if you're out there saying, okay, do you need to, you know, you know, ruin this guy's life? It's like, okay, first of all, him trying to find this guy's name I would want to know this. I mean, if this happened to my kids, it happened to anyone I knew, it happened to one of my neighbors. I'd want to know the person that did this. That's not, you know, you know, by any means, Mike's fault. <laughs> Mike wants to find out this, and he has a very justifiable re- reason to do this. If you're upset because, well, this could end up ruining his life, well, maybe he shouldn't have gotten so damn drunk to where he became such a horrific individual. Maybe that should probably have been your first step, because you know, you're Mike Griffin. Uh, you trying to find out who this man is, is not the problem. The problem is that you were you know, verbally attacked in your own home.
2: And hey, let me just say this, when I went to the building management, I told them, I don't want him evicted. What I want is for him to just to apologize to me. Mm-hmm. I want a simple apology. The building has not replied to me. I guess they sent him a letter. I don't know. But I have not gotten a simple apology from him. Mm. And I just don't think that that should be allowed in this city. And I don't stand for it for myself either. And thank you so much, Matt, for uplifting on your show.
0: Well, and it's my pleasure there. And and I, 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 as you say this has happened, I hope nothing of this magnitude has happened elsewhere within the city, and, and, and I understand there's ugly out there. And as you say, as the support from progressives—it's support from just people who are decent human beings. For goodness' sakes, you know, I mean that—that's what—that's what we need to do: is just be a decent human being and not be this vile, ugly side of humanity. But I'm—I'm I'm hoping. Have you ever had anything like this happen elsewhere? I mean, out—you know—anything of this magnitude?
2: Nothing like this, like in-your-face racism. Uh, this was pretty blatant monkey the n-word chasing me down the hall saying I don't live there get out of his apartment that's kind of aggressive I mean I've had seen subtle instances of racism in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. uh, but nothing to this nothing to this
0: Extent. Nope. Um, uh, 100% behind you on this, Mike, I am so sorry that this happened to you. I want to try to help you find this, the, the name of this individual. So once again, I'm just going to post the, 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 the link to Tizzyent, and you can find it there. And if you, if you have information, you can share it with Tizient and, and as well, uh, Mike, I'll link to your, your Twitter page as well. And so if people do have information, they might be able to help you out. Uh, it, it's not, I mean, we want to make sure we, is, we, we don't want just, you know, fake names. We want, if you know who this person is, that's important. If you don't really know, don't take a guess. It's, it, it's, this is not something you want to find out after the fact that someone who had nothing to do with it is all of a sudden getting harassed or anything like that. So if you don't know exactly who this is, you know, make sure you, you don't say anything, but if you know who this person is and it's pretty good, the screen capture you got of them is pretty clean. Uh, so it's not going to be too much of a mystery, you know, obviously making sure that the people that were affected by this, this horrible act, are aware of who this individual is, I think is an important thing. Mike, uh, thank you very much again. All my best on this, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I hope this doesn't happen to you or get anything close to this ever happens to you again.
2: Thank you so much. It's a beautiful day outside, so i to go for a walk. Thank no, you so much.
0: Thank you, sir. Mike Griffin, kind enough to join us. And once again, if you, if you haven't seen Tizzy Ant, Tizzy Ant does a lot of stuff like this where you, it, it's, it, it's amazing to me I'll tell you what I'm going to take a break I'll come back I've got a theory of why this seems to be happening more and more and more and I'll come back and I'll share that theory with you when I do return 952-946-6205 952-946-6205 we'll take a break come on back it's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM 950 AM 950, the progressive voice. So that's the Matt McNeil show. No, Mike has a right to know exactly who this person was. I mean, in, in his own home, for goodness sakes. Um, and it's like I said, it, it, it's one thing if this was a, you know, he said, he said sort of thing. He's got video. There's video of this guy clearly being belligerent and and being out of line. And yeah, and this whole thing about how he has to be the one that you need to walk away. No, 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 no. Get this guy under control, for goodness' sakes. I've got a theory because, like I said, Tizzy is is great because he there there is this stuff that goes on out there that's happening, and I think this is a, there used to be a time when social media really started to take a turn for the worst, and the early part of the, the 2010s, when it, it, it became clear that it was going to be something that could be used by people who were, were, were terrified of trying, they, they would never walk down the street and tell someone to their face, blankety, 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 blank, but they would do it under the anonymity of social media and they would do it all the time. Do you remember we talked about was it MinPost stopped posting comments on – allowing people to post comments on their news stories because they had discovered that the vast majority of them, A, had nothing to do with the news story, and B, were from a handful of people who basically have thrived in this online world where they have this ability to yell and scream anonymously – the worst things you possibly can say to someone, you threaten women, threaten men, racial, bigoted, just disturbing stuff. And these, these cowards, and they are cowards, thrive in this environment with no sort of, of restrictions that are placed on them and their, and their hate speech. Twitter did a, it started cleaning things up finally after, you know, January 6th. But, and, and Twitter had gotten a lot better until Elon Musk came back and basically said, no, we're going to bring it back and let everyone be horrible again. And there just seems to be this mentality of now it jumping from social media back into the real world and people now openly screaming racist things at people, screaming bigoted things at people, threatening people, hitting people, whatever the case may be, that this is this is jumping back from the anonymity of social media from the last 10 years to now a real-world scenario and what people are depending on and hoping for is a mentality of, well, we're not really going to, um, challenge, um, we're not going to really challenge this individual. We'll just let them scream. But the reality is, you know, whereas you might be able to get away with some of this online in a social media world, you're not going to get away with this, especially with everyone carrying one of these cameras, Every one of us has a recording device, a, frankly, a high quality video recording device in our hands at all time. You think you have some right to anonymity in public spaces to basically be able to scream whatever you want to at someone. You don't. And it's interesting because you watch, and I'm not, I'm not trying to elevate what's happened here with Mike to this, this level, level of grandiose. But you watch these guys that are January 6 defendants now, and every one of them, when they, when it comes down to, they realize, well, I'm in big trouble here. It's like I made a mistake. I don't, I don't think I should be held accountable for the rest of my life for it. Well, yeah, you kind of should have. Yeah, you kind of should have. Now, once again, that's January 6. All Mike wants to do is get this person's name and get an apology. That's all he wants. What he is owed, frankly, what he is owed. Imagine that being you in your own house or walking up to your house and somebody just starts screaming horrible things at you. No one deserves that. It's not being a decent you know, Democrat or Republican, just being a decent human being. And the longer we have this social experiment known as social media, where anonymity and the worst of humanity thrive, the, the longer that we're seeing the damage that's being done to us as a society. Because frankly, I mean, and, 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 and once again, can I just say to the people who were with this guy at his party, How do you not go up, grab him by the neck, and drag him back in there and say, I'm sorry, we'll have a chat with him? How dare you look at someone else and imply they should walk away from the belligerent guy? By the way, one last quick note on Jim Jordan's thing. This is from Senator uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, the Republican from Oklahoma. He was in the House for many years before he got a Senate seat in 2020. He told the Huffington Post a pressure campaign run by conservative media outlets and activist groups may have done more harm to Jordan's speakership than help it. Calling the campaign stupid, Mullen said he spoke with one House member who, despite publicly backing Jordan, was nonetheless inundated with 100,000 phone calls employing him to do so. He said, almost made me switch my vote, he said. From the intense pressure courtesy of Sean Hannity. <laughs> They're planning another vote after six o'clock. Ooh. Enjoy. Hour two up next. Hour two of the show. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Matt, Brett, and Patrick in here today. Um, yeah, do you ever see Tizian on social media? I did not know. He's he's worth a watch. He's a pretty solid, man. And he does he does a lot of good out there, and I just can't even comprehend. I mean, I have seen, I I I, I know this. Uh, it, it, so there was someone who made a comment, which referred to someone. Um, they, they basically said, you know, you're you're nothing but a stinky Jew. That's how he said it, and I. My, I, I am generally an even-keeled keel, keel kind of guy. I was at a 1,000 instantly Say, what did you just say with this anger on this look? And you could tell my tone, my face, and everything. And it's, it's like this is not I, – I don't think this is white savior or anything. I just think this is – what did you just do, you horrible human being? Last time I ever saw that guy. <laughs> Last time – and it, it just – I didn't want anything to do with him. I couldn't believe that he would actually say something like that. And I think that you need to, we need to make, there's a a great line, make racists ashamed again. Let's get these guys back on their compounds out in Idaho and Michigan. You want to go on out there, fine. Go run through the woods and have your merry little time, but leave us, the rest of us, decent human beings alone. And and I and I I gotta tell you the truth, I'm glad that there are people that are calling these people out. So
3: I think you bring up a good point. I mean, racists have always been around. It's just a matter of whether they feel like they're comfortable enough to come out and share those views in public.
0: Yeah. And and right now, thanks to a certain yeah. bloviated orange jackass, they feel emboldened. They, and and you know try that in a small town. Yeah. And nine five two nine four six six two oh five. Olympic sports—they have given us the new ones. We're not going to—we're going to have to deal with for the LA Olympics.
3: Oh, I've heard a few of these that are yeah. rumored. Let's see if they well, made it. I know which ones. Well, one to. I actually—I yeah. am
0: surprised is not there. Cricket. Cricket is how is huge this? in Sri Lanka, India, Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand, England. It's actually, if you know the rules, it's not baseball. Don't think of it as baseball. It's not baseball. It's like Australian rule football is not football or, mm-hmm. or soccer or whatever. It's just not. It's a completely different sport. But if you understand the rules, it's actually a fairly entertaining game. Well, that game's getting played even more in
3: the U.S. as well. I'm sure we have a national team. They're probably not as good as some oh, of the yeah, other ones. they, they stink. Uh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean, it's back. probably better than they were 20 years ago. They do.
0: Yeah, There's yeah. a crew. If you are on Interstate 394 coming out of downtown Minneapolis— uh, right before you get to Penn Avenue, there's a park off to the west side of the highway there. Mm. I see people out there playing cricket all the time during the summer. They're out there playing so there's gotta be like a cricket league or something like this, which is so cool, by the way. Uh, yeah. I I mean I, I'm I'm glad it is. I, I think it's a it's a fun sport and um it's 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 one of those sports that's like handball, fine. We don't play it here, but the rest of the world does, so bring it on in here. Here's the one that I am stunned by. Flag football. That's what I was just thinking. I saw that was under consideration, and I thought, are they really going to make that a sport?
3: And apparently they did.
0: Who plays flag football outside of us? I know Mexico plays it. There's (laughs) there's actually a pretty decent-sized league in Mexico. So Mexico is going to play. We're going to play. I'm going to guess Canada is going to play. Sure, why not? We'll send a team down. Fine. Um... So yeah, but who else plays flag football?
3: That's called give the U.S. a free medal that, sport. That
0: is, <laughs> I think we've seen our podium. It is the United States, Mexico, and Canada. What in order they go in? That's going to be it.
3: Is there or unless they don't do the teams by country? Then the U.S. can get three medals if they do that kind of style.
0: Well, I mean, is there? Okay, so NFL players. I mean, I don't know if they're going to play in this.
3: <laughs> Aaron Rodgers in the football Olympics.
0: Flag. Well, no, he wouldn't be because he's, he's injured. And, uh, you know, it's like Kirk Cousins can, you know, learn how to throw a three-yard pass in a flag football game. Great. We just needed 12 yards. But Watch three him yards.
3: win a gold medal at the Olympics,
0: too. Oh, never God. a Super Bowl. No. No. <laughs> it comes back. No, the city would never let him leave. They would leave. He won a gold medal in flag football. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it does bring up that potential. You could have, because this is summer, so it's pre, pre-season, and I imagine the NFL would make some... Are there enough guys from, like, Tonga in the league, in, in, in the NFL? I, where? I think
3: the way you do this, you'd have to set it up like they do... Um, in other sports where it's not necessarily by country, but you can kind of set up club teams. That'd be kind of fun if you had wow, like man. NFL players all vying to be on a certain team. The I whole, want to be on team cousins. No, I want to be on
0: team Mahomes or whatever else. The whole concept is is under under the flag though. I, I know that's sort of the yeah, same. yeah, you're not wrong. There. Base, baseball is better. I mean, baseball. You have the Caribbean countries, Central America, South America, the Asian countries, yeah. Australia's big baseball. You're actually getting, you know, African countries and, and European countries. As a matter of fact, uh, the Belgians and the Italians actually are pretty good base, at baseball. So, and then of course yeah, I mean, Kepler did Kepler play for Germany? Yeah, I think he did mm-hmm. in the in the World Baseball Classic. So you get that flag football. So. Anyway, all okay, right, the five sports were added. Uh, they added also the three sports, baseball, softball. So I'm going to guess that's six sports because those aren't the same sport. (laughs) Those are two different sports. Uh, So baseball and softball are back. Uh, Lacrosse and squash. Now, lacrosse is also going to be interesting because, frankly, um, outside of Canada and the United States, how many other countries play lacrosse?
3: Yeah, not really in terms of, yeah, the United States or Canada. Obviously, there's a lot of... uh... Native American communities well, that could play they, could lacrosse.
0: They, could the Native American nations put together their own team and is go that, out there and kick the living daylights out see, of everyone else? It would be
3: kind of a cool Olympics if you had Like the Native American nations as their own teams. Oh, it would
0: be. It, and they would <laughs> just you know, give them the gold. It's <laughs> over at that point. Because uh, that's – did you know lacrosse is the only sport native to North America?
3: I did not know that. That is native. It, no. is, it is yeah. native
0: to North, North America. So there you go. Uh, so we have squash there. Okay, they say baseball, softball. Is baseball, softball a different sport than what I'm thinking it is?
3: I think they usually combine those things where they say like they give it one category, well, cause, like cause, men's it, and women's it, it, basketball. Yeah. You know. Okay. So yeah.
0: there you go. Baseball. Is so, so softball. So yeah, they're just the men's and women's version. It does bring back the possibility of major league baseball players playing in the in the baseball. World Series, which would be phenomenal, because that will be deep. I mean, that will be you know, Dominican Republic will have a heck of a team. Um, the 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 um, you know you you can I, Mexico will have a good team. You'll have a really good team out of Cuba. You'll have a really good team out of Cuba. It'll be like the Japan. world. Yeah, Japan, Japan, they won the World Baseball Classic. Have they won it twice now? In yeah, a row? I was going to yeah.
3: say it might be like the World Baseball Classic on steroids. It'd be a fun yeah, event. That, if you that would be fun. Would MLB really stop their season in the middle of the summer, though, for that? I I wouldn't hold my breath.
1: What would be great
0: is if you did put the NFL players in the flag football. <laughs> that would it be. If you did great, because here comes, like, the Liechtenstein team, and it's all a bunch of 92-pound guys, like, all right, hey, we're great, we're flag football. Oh, my God, look at the size of these guys. And just kidding, flag, they'd yank the flag so hard they'd break their hip. You know, it's going to, it's it's. it's it's i hope i hope they do because that will be entertaining
3: uder has to go cover justin jefferson
0: <laughs> you need to start running now just 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 <laughs> keep running um squash you ever play squash i have not no i did once that's one of those euros i'll give it to you euros that one's yours that one's <laughs> i've tried it it's, you know, how, how do I make tennis more annoying? You know, that's, it's, it's, it's pickleball with, it's, it's kind of like pickleball, only more running and a less obnoxious sounding, a sound effects. So now squash is back. I actually kind of surprised squash was out. If you want to know the truth.
3: Really?
0: I, yeah. I was, I was a little surprised by that. So, all right. So those are the sports back. This is the Los Angeles Olympic games. Uh, I thought they'd said something here about the Paris games, which those are the next summer games up. Yeah. Um, uh, Any
3: weird French sports that they're going to be uh, adding you know, in 24?
0: Chain smoking, you know. <laughs> kissing smoking. someone other than your spouse. I don't know whether <laughs> smoking and kissing someone who is not your spouse. Apparently breakdancing I think is going to be in the, in in the the, the French Olympics. And, but but it did not make it to the LA Olympics.
3: So I mean, no offense to all of these sports, but we're we're really getting to a pretty liberal definition of what some of these sports are. These are more okay, like no, activities.
0: They're not chain smoking is not going to be in the French. Well, Olympics. not that. Yeah, yeah. But talk like break. Yeah. Here's the Irish versus the French for the gold medal. <laughs>
3: that would be an entertaining sport to watch. The analyst talking about his lung work that he you did. Know, the, for...
0: the, 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 the gold medal winner dying at 32 years old from advanced stage lung cancer. Dear Lord. Dear Lord, but I mean, hey, if they if if there is a you know kissing competition in France, I think we all know I'm Team USA. Hi there, hi there. Send me on over. Let's go France. I'll take We'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go. Gold medal for us. I'll bring back the prize <laughs> and probably a few other things too. <laughs> Sorry, it's France. It's they're they're liberal with that sort of yeah. stuff. Okay. <laughs> Hey, uh, well, let's get off of this uh, and uh, let's look at our good friend Patrick Cooligan, who is back with us after taking a week off. Correct?
3: Yeah, he is back and on the show and talking about uh, a couple of things today. One is going to be his thoughts on the speaker race with Jim Jordan being denied.
1: Oh, we're going to get th- yeah. out again. Brr, 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 brr. There we go. We'll
3: look at his thoughts on how the Minnesota delegation voted and whether Tom Emmer enters the picture. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical yeah, that's going to happen.
0: Well, do you see Ken Buck voted for him, he, the, the loon ball out of Colorado? He voted for him because he hates him. Okay. This is, there. there is a lot of, there's a psycholog this is a psychological That's like that high
3: is... school kind of drama <laughs> oh, stuff yeah. there. Yeah. I'll vote for you because I don't like you.
0: This Republican Party is the worst political thing I have ever seen in my life. They are so inept, it's hard to even comprehend. Uh, also, what else are we going to talk about? Yeah, on?
3: then the other two topics we'll be uh, touching on Amy Comey Coney Barrett briefly uh, making a stop in Minnesota last night. Boo! Yeah, Sorry. We'll touch on that a little bit. But the bulk of our time is going to be spent on the MPD and the fact that many small businesses are needing to hire MPD officers as private security. Otherwise, they, well, may not get the best protection. So... We're going to be talking about that coming up. Really? Yeah.
0: A shakedown, you say, sort of thing.
3: Yeah, one could call something like that. Okay, it sounds
0: like it is. I mean, I don't know if it is. It just sounds like it is. All right, here's Patrick Cooligan from the Minnesota Reformer with Brett right here on AM 950. AM 950,
3: the progressive voice of Minnesota, Brett Johnson, with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And today we are joined again by Patrick Coolican who is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, as we are going to be talking about some of the stories that they have been working on, including off-duty Minneapolis police officers being hired at small businesses around Minneapolis. We'll also be talking about Justice Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett's visit to the University of Minnesota last night. But before we get to all of those, uh, happy to welcome Patrick back to the show. Patrick, thanks so much for coming back on. Always a pleasure, Brett. Absolutely. So before we get into those stories, let's talk a little bit about the big vote today for House Speaker because Jim Jordan, the Republican who was running for House Speaker, came up uh, just short of being able – to be named Speaker. But what I'm curious about, at least from the local angle, is, well, A, how did our four Republican Congress people vote? And then B, could Tom Emmer potentially now enter the Speaker's race since his name was potentially floated before? And now that Jim Jordan has at least failed for now, maybe Emmer becomes a possible contender. So what were your overall thoughts on what happened with uh, with the vote today with Jim Jordan?
4: Well uh, House Republicans uh, continue to be a chaotic group that can't seem to get their act together. Um, all four of our uh, Minnesota uh, Republican members uh, voted for Jordan uh, so they're not in the uh, 20 or so uh, holdouts. Uh, you mentioned Tom Emmer. I think he's uh, pretty broadly liked in, the, in that uh, comp conf- in the Republican conference. He uh, is currently the majority whip. That's the number three spot. Uh, He's had, uh, I think, has been running for majority leader.
1: One of the drawbacks
4: he has is that even though he was an early backer of President, uh, former President Donald Trump, uh, he has created some distance there uh, in recent years, particularly by voting to uh, affirm the election results in 2020. Um, And when you have The the president, of course, being the the likely nominee, um, it's hard to imagine um, that you'd have a a speaker of the House, uh, third in line of the presidency, um, who disagrees uh, with such a fundamental part of the Trump um, persona and campaign, that is, the 20 election was stolen from him, that uh, millions of Republican voters still believe. So I think that uh, would be a bit of a problem for him. He would have to patch that up with Trump. Um, But, uh, you know, in a more rational world, he's a a proven fundraiser. He was head of the Republican election, House Republican election effort uh, that did very well, um, certainly in in 2020, um, and actually picked up seats, uh, which was a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, so he'll still be certainly uh, somebody to watch um, as events move forward.
3: Yeah, 10 years ago, I wouldn't necessarily say he would have been a shoe in but he certainly would have had a much easier path, while someone like Jim Jordan probably would not have had a chance whatsoever. But, well, those are the political times we are now in here in 2023. Well, want to move on to another local story you guys have been working on over at The Reformer. And Dina Winter has been doing some awesome reporting on this. And this has to do with small business owners that are saying that they're being pressured to hire off-duty Minneapolis Police Department officers for security at their places of business. Now, one of the people Dina had a chance to speak with was Maya Santamaria. Uh, She was the owner of El Nuevo Rodeo, which is significant because that's where Derek Chauvin worked private security for a number of years, along actually with George Floyd. So, Talking about this right now, I want to talk about some of the allegations that are being made from some of these small business owners basically being – basically saying that they're being pressured to hire police officers in order to have security at their places. But before we dive into all of that, I'm kind of curious how these off-duty police programs typically work in Minneapolis. Can the city basically force businesses to hire off-duty police officers? Just give us kind of an overall view about how this system works, because this is something I'm not familiar with, at least in terms of how this works when you have a small business hiring off-duty officers.
4: Yeah, some businesses, um, for instance, like large nightclubs, are uh, required by the city to have security. Um, and until 2020, uh, during, the, during the, the George Floyd after the George Floyd murder, um, the, the city could force you to hire these off-duty um, Minneapolis police officers. They can also require uh, that the organizers of big events. Um, and that businesses that have a lot of 911 calls, they also, um, can be forced to hire, um, off-duty MPD officers. Uh, now businesses can also do so voluntarily. And I think that's, um, what we saw here, um, where businesses felt like it wasn't very voluntary at all, that actually they were being forced into it. Um... Uh, so Some other aspects from the, from the city management side, the city doesn't really have access to the contracts. Um, they don't really have a great way of tracking it, so you end up with officers working lots of off-duty hours and then also working lots of on-duty hours, and um, you know, certainly fears that this could lead to fatigue, and fatigue is exactly uh, what leads to the kind of uh, mistakes um, and, and officer misconduct that we've seen, uh, unfortunately, so much of. They, they are using uh, city uh, vehicles, city equipment. Uh, they they are insured by the city during this off-duty work. So uh, you can see there's all kinds of uh, problems uh, right off the, the get-go in the way this is, is being managed. And that's before we get to um, some of the allegations that are in the story.
3: Yeah, and they're also, which we'll get into as well, they're some of these off-duty officers are making a pretty significant sum of money when it comes to the hourly rate that they're charging. But let's even dive into what some of these police officers do or what their work entails, because as Santa Maria talks about, the police at her nightclub were often, well, doing other things and sometimes not even physically being at the nightclub as they were uh, at times going and answering other police calls. Or We also had uh, Basim Sabri, who is the owner of the Somali mall called Uh, Carmel Mall and a Latino mall called Plaza Mexico on Lake Street, where he said about six weeks ago, a man came into his office with a gun and said he was going to shoot someone. They called 911, but the police never came. And that's despite the fact that Sabri said he had paid for an off-duty police officer. So uh, this... To me, this doesn't really sound like they're providing a lot of security if these off-duty officers, which oftentimes these small businesses are paying hundreds of dollars an hour for, and then you don't even have the cops even physically at the place even though, well, they're being paid. This kind of seems like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like kind of one of those things you would hear in mobster movies where the mafia would say to a business, well – you need to pay us X amount of money or something really bad could end up happening to your business. Not necessarily we're saying we're quite going in that direction, but there are some parallels there if you're uh, at times not even having these officers on site when they're being paid.
4: Yeah. I don't think we want to uh, engage in a a, a defamatory accusation of a crime Mm -hmm. being committed, but uh, certainly it, uh, does have a whiff of uh, extortion, is what you're I think what you're referring yeah. to here, and certainly the small businesses have said that they were under the strong impression that if they did not hire these uh, off-duty officers, um, there was no guarantee that they could get uh, really adequate service in the case of a nine-one-one call, and uh, there was uh, certainly a discour- an encouragement. Um, that hiring officers would, would lead to better service from the police. Um, that's obviously not what we, uh, want from, um, a, a democratic, uh, policing. And, um, and it's especially, uh, problematic when, um, a number of the small businesses, they say that it, that they feel like they're being targeted because they're immigrants, um, or they're people of color. And of course, this goes to the heart of, with the, uh, the problems at the Minneapolis Police Department that had been thoroughly investigated uh, by the State Department of Human Rights as well as the um, U.S. Department of Justice both found a pattern and practice of, of racist uh, policing. And, and, in fact, this set up, the off-duty uh, work, and the problems with it um, were mentioned in the DOJ report that came out uh, this summer uh, rather glancingly and at the end of the report and mostly as a way to talk about problems with with, uh, with management that the off-duty jobs create. Um, and what they're referring to specifically is that somehow there's a handful of officers who get to sort of control these jobs and um, so it gives those guys quite a bit of influence in the department and it applies to their own supervisors. So um if you're a supervisor and your underling controls these lucrative off-duty jobs well that's probably going to might change even unconsciously it might change how you manage that person so that's what was in the DOJ report um and um i mean we've been sort of aware of this um i became aware of it before we launched in early 2020 and and we've been interested in this for a while and that DOJ report really kind of sparked our interest. And and we decided, let's take a harder look at this. And I think what Dina found is is pretty, uh, pretty alarming.
3: Well, the other red flag defi- that I found with this as well is that uh, oftentimes these off-duty officers are being paid with cash, which raises a number of red flags—not only for well tax purposes, but also for corruption as well. Where, where things are, when you're not documenting things and paying with cash, yeah, there there can be a lot of problems that arise, and uh, and that's certainly what Dina was mentioning in the article as well.
4: Right. I mean, until cryptocurrency came along, cash was how uh, criminal transactions, uh, generally took place. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, and Derek Tovin is a perfect example. He was getting a lot of these off-duty jobs. He was not reporting the cash income and, uh, he was convicted of, of, uh, of tax evasion, um, by the state of Minnesota. Um, and, and I think that, uh, insofar as these, uh, these off-duty jobs are being paid in cash, I think that's a, a real problem um and because then i mean in addition to the 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 tax issue uh as you mentioned i mean if you're the owner of a club and you'd rather that the police look the other way on certain activities that are happening in the club or in the parking lot um because you don't want to draw any extra attention um well you know how much how hard is it to just instead of paying 150 in cash oh, no, i'm going to pay 200 an hour yeah. gosh um, and, um, so yeah, it, it creates certainly, uh, temptations. I don't think anybody needs, um, it's, it's just the whole thing just seems rife with, uh, with, um, bad, uh, uh, potential outcomes and, and seems to be terribly mismanaged. And unfortunately, uh, another thing that Dean has discovered is that it's going to be very hard to, to get any change made.
3: Yeah, let's dive a little bit more into that. That's where I wanted to go next because I think there's a lot of agreement that this system needs to change, but it sounds like there was a 1997 court ruling which is probably going to hamper many of these efforts since it sounds like you would almost need to, well, not almost, you would need to renegotiate your police union contract to make any changes to these off-duty policies, correct?
4: Right. So in in the 90s, former Mayor Sharon Sales-Belton tried to get the, the system under the city's control, and there was a, a court injunction that said this is part of the collective bargaining agreement, um, and so any changes to it are going to have to be negotiated. Um, and of course, <clears throat> the union is, uh, especially now, with the the shortage of officers, and although crime has started to float back down, and there was that spike that started during the pandemic, and so the city officials are really on edge about public safety. Um it's it's a big issue in the media and in and, and in politics and in for average people, um especially in, in a few neighborhoods. And so they're mostly concerned uh with giving incentives to keep officers here and recruit officers here um not trying to get uh not not trying to get negotiating wins. With the union, so anything they they try to any anything they try to do to get control of this off duty system, they're going to have to give up a lot. Uh, meaning, uh, you know, if if you want fewer officers working these off duty shifts, you're going to have to pay them more in overtime. And of course, the, the city is not um, particularly flush right now. And uh, and I don't think the voters, uh, I don't think they want um, to be paying police officers more, given the performance of the department um, and the uh, all of the the negative attention uh, that has been uh, that their department has received and and rightfully so. So I think that's a tough ask to go out to the voters and say, well, we've got this kind of badly mismanaged, maybe corrupt off duty system, but we're going to fix it by paying police a lot more.
3: Yeah, that's a tough sell, and it doesn't necessarily fit on a bumper sticker when you explain the nuance of, well, why you're going to be paying them more. I think, yeah, you're right Then most people will say, well, why are we paying the police more? They don't deserve that, and when, yeah, there's a little bit more to it when it comes to this off-duty program. So you're right, it's probably going to be uh, very difficult to uh, reform the system, unfortunately. We only had time just to scratch the surface on this, but I encourage you to check out Dina's writing. Small business owners say they're pressured to hire off-duty Minneapolis Police Department officers for security. Check it out over at minnesotareformer.com, as there's also some parallels to what happened with the New Orleans Police Department when they went through this as well, which you can check out over in Dina's article. Uh, One more piece of news to talk about with you today, and that has to do with Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who was at the University of Minnesota last night speaking. And she made some interesting comments about the uh, SCOTUS possibly having a code of conduct. There was also uh, some disruption from protesters. So uh, what were your thoughts on what happened last night with Amy Coney Barrett here in the Twin Cities? Anything of note happen outside of, uh, obviously, her making some comments on the code of conduct and then having the protesters? Uh, Tell us a bit about what happened last night with with Amy Coney Barrett in town.
4: Sure. Uh, Michelle Griffith, um, our reporter,
3: uh, was there. And,
4: um, you know, I, I think what's uh, interesting about you mentioned the code of conduct of this follows uh, a whole series of investigations by the, the investigative nonprofit outlet called ProPublica, in which they've uh, revealed uh, a lot of gifts and um, and other gratuities, I guess I call them, um, that have gone to... Supreme Court justices who have never uh, reported those gifts, Clarence Thomas is uh, the most notable one, Um, and um, it certainly has marred the institution, and I think, you know, based on what uh, Amy Coney Barrett said, I think there's probably a recognition amongst the justices that uh, to protect the legitimacy of the court and its reputation, um, they're going to have to make um, some changes it's only cosmetic. Um, And it's just a reminder how uh, this uh, institution, which I think for some decades has um, sold itself and, and the media has done a poor job of really buying into this as a kind of um, really ultimate um, ivory tower, uh, a place that is uh, free of um, political and financial influence and that kind of thing where, uh, these very wise people in robes um, spend hours thinking through these uh, difficult legal um, complexities, um, whereas in reality it's nine people getting together and making a decision, about a lot of law, um, and, uh, and there's, of course, going to be politics around that. Um, so, um, you know, I know there, there was an interruption uh, apparently. It only lasted a couple of minutes. Um, and, um, you know, they got their point across, um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly glad that the university of Minnesota law school is something they do every year. They did not do it during the, during the pandemic, but I think it's a, a great service. Even if you disagree with the, the justice in this case.
3: You can read more about that over at minnesotareformer.com with Amy Coney Barrett's visit to the University of Minnesota last night. We have been speaking with Patrick Huligan, who is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer. Again, make sure you go to minnesotareformer.com to check out all of the great reporting they do. Patrick, as always, thanks for coming on the show today. Always a pleasure. All right, let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.
0: It's the Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Hey, speaking of which, caller number five right now, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Caller number five right now. You will win yourself a pay-per-view pass to watch the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Show coming to us live from Los Angeles, California on Saturday night. Caller number five at 952-946-6205, 952 946 6205. Good luck. You can get yourself that pay-per-view pass. Uh, 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I, I want to just take a few minutes here because th- there is some updates here on the speaker vote. First of all, the speaker vote's not going to happen. It's not going to happen till tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, as Jordan is working to try to shore up support and prevent the bleeding of support. As a matter of fact, it's interesting that there, there, the attempts to try to get um, yeah, you know, they, they they're trying to, the, the people that voted against, against Jordan wanted to have another vote right away because they felt as if it would show that he would have lost a few more people who basically only voted for him because they thought he was going to win. And now that they have the chance to vote against him, they'd vote against him again. So it sounds like the Jordan camp itself postponed the vote to stop themselves from looking like they were losing support. And they're now basically going to put the hard pressure campaign on there, which, by the way, also seems to be the counterpoint to a lot of these people. And it's one of the things, it's clear that Sean Hannity and other people online were trying to do Jordan's bidding for him. Because when you hear that some of these offices were getting a thousand calls to basically say you have to support Jim Jordan and clearly not coming from their own districts. That this was a harassment and an intimidation issue, and a lot of these people are like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We're not going to. You're not going to strong arm me into supporting Jim Jordan. All right, that's just not going to happen. So they once again, the 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 vote. Uh, is it 11 o'clock Eastern time? So 10 o'clock our uh-huh. time. Yep. Um, it'll be 10 o'clock our time. They'll have the next vote, which Jim Jordan will not win. <laughs> I feel pretty comfortable saying that I don't think he's going to become the speaker of the house. And 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 I think that if he doesn't pick up the votes in this next uh, this next round, okay, let me just let me let me handicap this a little bit as far as uh, like sports betting. If he gets within say 3 votes, if they flip 10 of these guys tonight, he's within 3 votes, they'll do another vote and he'll probably win or at least another 2 votes and he'll probably win. If he still is fifteen to twenty votes away from it after the second time, expect the, the 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 log jam to be freed on the river, and he's basically there's no way in the world he'll lose a, a numerous amount of, of votes. That's going to be my suspicion. And frankly, I don't see a lot of the people the the people that that voted against him don't seem to be. They felt as if, like I said, if if they had the vote immediately, that it would have basically. You know, it would have doomed his campaign. That's why they are the ones, it sounds like, the Jordan camp are the ones who basically pushed for this to be pushed back until tomorrow. So, once again, Jim Jordan, not the Speaker of the House. And if, God forbid, he actually became the Speaker of the House, may God have mercy on us all. Patrick, uh, the phones went crazy in there. Uh, We have a winner, I'm presuming?
1: Yes, Liz from St. Louis Park. Congratulations. You have won a VIP pass. To see Stephanie Miller's sexy liberal comedy show Saturday night.
0: Ooh la la, the pay-per-view pass is all yours. Congratulations, Liz, in St. Louis Park. Uh, okay, so once again, I've got to go over the phrase once again. So, so Because we're giving them away two ways. Tomorrow, there'll be a chance to call in and get a pair of tickets. Or not pair of tickets, I said. Like a pay-per-view pass. Uh, there you go. You, you do things certain ways. Uh, tomorrow, there'll be a chance to call in to get a pay-per-view pass. By the way, talking to Stephanie Miller tomorrow on the show Then on Thursday, that's our final chance for you to get pay per view pass. By the way, talking to John Fugelsang that day on the show. Looking forward to talking with both of them. I haven't chatted with Steph for years. Um, And then, uh, so we'll be giving them away during the shows in the next two days. The other way, once again, is the social media pages. Tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on the AM950 Twitter page, AM950 Facebook page, AM950 Instagram page, there'll be a post where you have to make a comment in the comment section. That basically is the term I'm about to give you. If you do so, you'll be randomly entered in. You could possibly win the pay-per-view pass there. The comment that you need to leave on that post tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. is live from Los Angeles. Live from Los Angeles. That's the phrase that you need to put in the comment section. Make sure you are contacting us with a an account we can contact you back with. That's so We've had a few people that are entered in and you know that there's no way for us to to even message back for some reason it's just an anonymous account and so make sure that we can actually get back in touch with you because if you do that if you go there you put the comment into the comment section you're randomly entered in if you get picked we're going to try to contact you there but if there's no way for us to contact we we have to find someone else so we want to be able to give you this pay-per-view pass so make sure we you it's something it's an account we can contact you back with and once again The phrase that you need to put in the comment section for tomorrow, for Wednesday, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. is live from Los Angeles. All right. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I want to bring uh, up—I don't know if I want to criticize the Star Tribune on this so much or just— I think to a point I want to criticize the Star Tribune. The story they came out here on the expansion of Highway 12. Now, I used to do a traffic reporting in this town. I can tell you right now most of the roads in the metro area are 20 to 30 years behind where they should be. We Republicans started turning transportation into a, you know, this or that. And it eventually involved Republican transportation policy is – I'll do the roads to the wealthier suburbs. I'll do the roads to my big contr- contributor uh, contributors uh, business, but I'm not going to do any other roads. I'm not going to do anything else. That's that's they, they don't have a comprehensive plan for transportation outside of helping the people that basically bankroll their campaigns. What this has caused is a lack of funds available to do these jobs because we need to basically – upgrade most of the roads. So I am not in any way saying that highway 12 in Western Henneman County does not need to be upgraded. It needs to be upgraded, but it is also it's one of a thousand roads in the twin cities, Metro area. I could make an argument as that are woefully inadequate and need to be upgraded. And in that situation, you have to look at what needs it most of all. And I still think us 10 central Avenue, 65, 36 over on the east side, uh, 61. I'd still on the southeast side. I'd make an argument there. I frankly could make an argument. You probably need to add another lane of traffic somehow to 35W heading northbound uh, from the Burnsville split. I, you know, I could, I, you know, it's nice we got 212 expanded, but I mean, they, they still need more expansion out there. Highway 55 needs. You need to start figuring out a way to get rid of all the traffic lights on Highway 55. So there's a lot of different things I could point to. This story, though, tries really, really hard to turn this into the biggest crisis of roads today. And like I said, I don't know if it's coming from the the Western Hennepin County leaders or it's from, from the Star Tribune. There hasn't been a fatal crash on Highway 12 in Western Hennepin County in nearly four years. But leaders of Maple Plain, Independence, Delano and other nearby cities say they are living on borrowed time. Okay. They point to a Minnesota Department of Transportation report outlining the results of a study that found fatal crashes are expected to continue to teach if no changes are made in the five-mile segment between County Road 90 and Independence and County Road L- Line Road in Delano. It's absolutely, absolutely disheartening, Maple Blaine Mayor Julie Maskruski said in a 90-page report completed last year, but released only this fall after the Delano Herald Journal filed for a records request. The report was subsequently obtained by the Star Tribune. We have all heard the saying what predict what's prevent, uh, predictable is preventable listen to the study and and do our part to help further loss of life and crashes in the busy stretch of road and fix it properly. They call this what's what's the term that they use it the corridor of death ah! okay. Oh, you haven't had a fatal crash out there, and God you know, God, you know, be with all the people that have had fatal crashes, not only in this road, but all the other roads, because I can tell you there's a lot of roads that have them on a fairly regular basis. It's kind of scary. But you haven't had one out there in four years, so you're trying to turn your stretch of road into the corridor of death. It needs to be upgraded. I'll be the first to say it. But it's not. This is a sell campaign. This whole story is a sell campaign, and maybe you should regulate the traffic out there and stop the speeding drivers from going too fast and, becoming, and leading to the crashes because that might be your better bet. and As a matter of fact, it's probably actually a more cost-effective one because I can tell you right now, what it seems like you're trying to do is push this project higher up on MinDot's list. And trust me, MnDOT already knows the problems they have. They've got plenty of different roadways that need to actually be fixed. And I'm not saying your road doesn't need to be fixed, but there's a ton that need to be fixed. And some of them don't have, you know, fatal crashes on them once every four years. They have them on there once every three or four months. So you need to actually prioritize this. This whole thing is borrowed time, corridor of death. You're just trying too hard to sell this, man. And once again, if you really want, i tell you what, if you were out there and Delano and independence and all those guys out there, maybe just maybe stop voting the fricking Republicans who are not going to fund this. And so you have to come on out there and try to put on a marketing campaign to get more MnDOT funding. Instead, maybe you go out there and vote for the Democrats and the Democrats actually try to fund transportation. Dear God, heaven forbid that happen. It's almost like this, to a point, this is why it's a little frustrating because it almost feels like this is the modern Republican way. It's it's not, okay, make an argument, get the funding and build the road. It's we've got to steal the funding from someone else or make their their road problems less important than ours because we need that funding. No. Vote from Democrats into your districts and guess what? We'll solve a lot more problems for you than if you keep voting for the freaking Republicans. Oh, there you go. 952 946 6205. 952 946 6205. It's The Matt McNeil Show right here on AM
4: 950.
0: AM 950, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota, The Matt McNeil Show. A popular Halloween attraction in Northeast Minneapolis has been delivering frights and screams <laughs> for two decades. Won't open this year. Oh, the family that has run the haunted house on Lowry says complaints from passive aggressive neighbors, (laughs) the real horror (laughs) about traffic led to the decision to skip 2023 and they may not ever bring it back. Mark Lazar says he made a social media post and a few people decided to use it against him, souring him on the notion of keeping the tradition going. They said, neighbors complained for years, Lazarshik said in the interview. Nobody ever talked to me in a negative way about it. The Lazarshiks, who dubbed themselves the first family of Halloween, started small with just a few Halloween decorations. Then a guy in the neighborhood opened a walkthrough display, and my competitive nature took over, said Mark. He said, I want to do something bigger than that. For those few, few decorations, the display grew to a spectacular failing the entire yard at 1607 Lowry Avenue Northeast. He spent thousands of dollars to buy tons of stuff, enough to fill a semi-trailer, but he tunnels and even cut down a tree and left a 10-foot trunk to, being, uh, to hang a pumpkin head and body. We just kept making it bigger and bigger, he said. At 55, Lazar says he's feeling the mileage of all the setup and tear down over the past 10 years. He hired a crew, but they're not available this year. You just can't call in volunteers. Nobody knows where the stuff goes. It's more than just manpower. It's also getting expensive. It costs about $3,000 a year for the display, even though more if he buys new items or replaces pieces that break or wear out. But it was the complaints that seemed to quit since the decision not to open this year. If people want to complain, I won't do it. And we will see what it's like when it's not going. My house will be a lot more relaxed in October. Others said they feel, feel the void. This is very sad news, said Kat Janister. Uh, You are a tradition in the neighborhood. Thank you for all the years of entertainment. We hope you come back. As for that, Lazarus made no promises. It's kind of a downer, Lazarus said. Maybe next year I might talk to a business to sponsor it, he said. Uh, My guess is going to be is a lot of people that are going to be complaining about it is like, why isn't it going on this year? And don't get me wrong. I understand. I mean, we see this with the Christmas holiday, too, and these people that put these decorations up and the, the traffic in the neighborhoods gets to be pretty obnoxious but it is also a lot of fun and the kids in the neighborhood have a good time with it i don't know i i think i i i've i've had neighbors who have had over the top displays and over the top you know holidays and stuff like this it doesn't bother me and, and 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 it's fine i mean we used to we lived in one place where the people would park in front of our house and go hike down and see the christmas decorations i could care less I could care less. You want to go do that? do do that. I just think that it's, I guess there's a lot of people that like complain about things that now all of a sudden that's not going to be there. It's like, well, but my kids love coming to see it. Well, you should have thought about that before you basically told the guy not to put it up. which which It doesn't sound like you did, but you kind of inferred it. So, Uh, Reminder, live from Los Angeles, live from Los Angeles is the comment you need to make on the post tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., And speaking of live from Los Angeles, Stephanie Miller joins us tomorrow, along with a guy named Jeff Stein. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Native Roots Radio is up next. Until tomorrow, see ya.